people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I'm your host, Dixie Lee Henning. And this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. Yeah, we're all pretty weird. We're all kind of weird. Yeah. That's true. You and me are not excluded from that list. I don't know. I'm pretty average, run of the mill. You think so? You know, just kind of float in the middle, C student kind of thing. Hmm. What is normal? <laughs> oh, this is the direction you want to take the intro. What is normal? What is normal? Let's get meta, Actually, shall we? Actually, let's talk about that. Let's get philosophical. So, no, okay, here's the thing. Okay. I play Animal Crossing every day for hours a day. Yes. Um, if you don't know, Animal Crossing is the most fun game ever invented. I resent that. On the earth. It's actually Stardew Valley. Nope, it's not. Moving but, on. But, so you can invite villagers to live on your island. Yeah. And they are classified by different personalities. Oh, so there's like okay. snooty and cranky, lazy, mm. um, peppy, like stuff like that. But there is also a personality called normal. What? <laughs> and I have a problem with this. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it's like, why can't peppy just be normal? Why can't cranky be normal? Why do we have to specifically put something as normal how what do, is normal how do the normal villagers act compared to the rest i don't know i don't think i have a, a normal villager on my island you would just say they are perfectly I, milk toast well bland. no i mean like i don't even have like i don't have a character that is oh. categorized as normal hmm. i tend to lean towards the lazy characters i really okay. like them because they're really cute and sleepy kind of a reflection of your island yeah kind of going for that laid back beach vibes um do you yep. think that if i showed up on your island that i would be categorized as snooty um you would careful probably how you answer dear careful be, um yep snooty okay i'll take it i, I can't even take that as an insult because i was the one who <laughs> suggested, suggested it. it i would be lazy you think so oh yeah it's important to me that you know that I don't think you're lazy. I'm, no, I know I would be a lazy villager. <laughs> okay, but in the in the in the framework of the game, you think yeah. you would be. So we have a pairing of snooty and lazy. Yep. What are we even talking about? Oh, Nor we started. Normal. We normal started with people. What is normal? Yeah. So. Because we're getting to know normal people. Yeah. So we're just talking about all the fundamental social problems that is the game Animal Crossing. Mm. If you want to hear more about social problems or hear <laughs> about your snooty and lazy hosts, you could check our live shows out on Instagram and Facebook, 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, every Sunday. Every Sunday. And this Sunday, we're going to talk about video games because I just decided that. That sounds so fun. For I'd real. be so excited to talk about video games. 
We've and talked about TV shows, movies, books. This last one we talked about minimalism. Our favorite things. And some of our favorite things. Yeah. Cue the sound of music soundtrack. Thanks. Very good. <laughs> Basically Julie Andrews. Yes. So come hang out with some normal people. We love hearing from the live community there. People tuning in, throwing comments at us as we just kind of talk into microphones and be weird about it. <laughs> Would you like a comment given to your mouth? Give, given to your, to your face? face? <laughs> this is an option. <laughs> Speaking of hearing from our community, we have a Google form survey available up on the homepage of the website or all over our social media. Yeah. And as a thank you for filling out that survey for us, we would love to send you a free sticker of yeah. our podcast artwork. We would love to give you this free thing that you will pay $15 for. I'm just kidding. It's nope. free. It's completely free. Don't mislead the people. <laughs> My love. The $15 is just for me. I really have an addiction to baked goods uh, and my account I'll just, I can is just, running low. I can, no, I could just give you $15, babe. We don't have to oh, okay. squeeze it out of the few people that listen to <laughs> yeah, our show. All two of them. Yeah. Um, ha, 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 ha. So ha, 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 ha. <laughs> anyway, so we have a form that you can fill out to get free stuff. Absolutely. We have a YouTube channel now. That's fun. We have me. You're here. That's the best part, probably. Yep. Usually on the show, it's going to be you, me, and someone else. But most importantly, me. It's actually explicitly most importantly, (laughs) the third person (laughs) that we invite onto the show. (laughs) And this week... We have... It's our friend, Tracy Nitschke. Yeah. She is actually the sister-in-law of Tim Legacy, who we had on... I don't remember what episode he was. He was a while ago. Like episode six or something? Mm, 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 I don't know. Mm. It was a while ago. We talked about Dungeons and Dragons, and now we play Dungeons and Dragons with him. <laughs> yes. So good. <laughs> I mean- Let's keep talking about Tracy, though, because this anyway, is her episode. <laughs> yes. No, I was just giving context to how, how we know oh, all of these people. Oh, okay. Well, I knew Tracy back from my homeschooling days. She and I actually would be in like homeschool co-ops and choirs. I mean, if you can call a three-person group a choir, mm-hmm. more like a chamber ensemble. Yeah. I honestly- don't remember when I met her. It's almost like I've known her mm. for a very long time. Yeah. And like, I don't remember a moment not knowing her, but I still don't remember how I met her. It was probably at our high school youth group. But honestly, her personality is such that you feel like you've been best friends after being in her presence for about five minutes. Yeah. And, and something special about this interview is that it is our first international interview. Oh my gosh, yes. She is living in Thailand right now. Like, what even is your life, Tracy? Uh, We get into it. Guys. We, we hear she, the whole story about it. She pays $3 a month for internet. And it's better than ours. Like, that's just a sin i think so that makes me sad (laughs) um but happy for her she's got great internet very happy for her she is just crushing it over there with all sorts of creative projects and thanks to thailand we didn't have problems with recording this interview right we do get to feature some of her very own music in the podcast you can find her on spotify where she has like fifteen thousand some monthly listeners yeah no big dump which is sweet (laughs) What no big dump. Where did that come from? (laughs) You can follow her on Instagram at tnitschke underscore music, and you can find a link to all these Instagrams in the show notes. I also wanted to give a shout out to 
Jono Music FL. He is the guy who, uh, like we talk about one of Tracy's songs, we kind of feature it as one of her very first originals she put up on social media. And then Jono Music FL on Instagram went and remixed a song and just turned it into an absolute electronica jam. Yeah, for real. Fantastic. So go follow her and go follow him on Instagram if you just want more really good music in your life. Yeah. And another update. We're moving to Thailand because it's apparently cheaper to live there. No, no, we're not. Well, we're going to stay in Montana. I'll move to Thailand. You can't move there because of the peanuts. Oh, yeah. I'm allergic to those. That, yeah. yeah, The cuisine would probably kill me. Yeah. We can't read the warning labels because it's all in uh, whatever language people from Thailand speak. Wow. What what is the language? I don't know. Thai? Is it Thai? Is that a language? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Well, guys, let's let's just for a minute. Dixie's high on allergy allergy meds. meds, So I'm really sorry if any of this is offensive. This is a good time. You've got to stop talking about how high you are on the podcast. It's just Benadryl. Okay. Hey, Siri, what language do they speak in Thailand? Here are some results I found. It's Thai. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, that's okay. Say thank you. Thank you, Siri. I always thank Siri. I don't know what that is. Um, you just don't want to get taken by robots okay. when they become sentient Shall and we? take over the world. Hey, it's been enough of us talking about us. Yeah. Let's get into our interview with Tracy Nitschke. We're going to get started with rapid fire questions. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Oceans or lakes? Lakes. Rain or sun? Rain. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Early morning or late night? Late night. Summer or winter? Both. Fall? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Video games or board games? Board games. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sweet or savory? Savory. Do you call it soda or pop? Pop. Hogwarts or the Shire? Hogwarts. Pizza or tacos? Pizza all the way. Books or movies? There's so many pluses to both of them both. I'm sorry to say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. Introvert or extrovert? Both. Phone calls or texts? Phone calls. Nice. Okay. You made it through. Okay. Some more just fun icebreaker questions. Cool. What is your favorite candy? Reese's. Favorite snack? Probably nachos. Ooh, nice. That's a good choice. What is your favorite morning drink? Coffee. <laughs> do you like it black or do you add anything to it? It really depends on what I'm feeling. I drink it from anywhere from black to a frappuccino, so... <laughs> oh, okay. It depends on how lazy I'm feeling, I think. Ah. Very high variety. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite city? Ooh, Galway, Ireland. Of course it is. You've oh been there, gosh. and that makes me jealous. <laughs> Galway, Ireland. Instantly jealous. I'm, yeah, we're ending this <laughs> call. Oh, I absolutely <laughs> so jealous. adore that place. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it's just, Ireland is 
my soul country, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's musical. They love like a good beer. They love this, you know, just enjoy yourself, live life. It's fine. And I just, everything combined together. And I love rain and it's a very rainy place. Plus it's great. I don't know. There's just so much about it. I love so. So good. Dixie and I, our dream vacation spot is Scotland. (sighs) Yeah. That's pretty much for the same reasons. For the same reason. It's amazing. What is your favorite smell? Let's just hop on the rain train. I like the rain. What is your favorite TV show? The Office is definitely a go-to, but I've been watching Sherlock a lot more lately. What are foods you will never eat? That one egg thing that's like a little chicken that's alive in it. Yes, what is it called? That has like um, the, oh, bo- shoot, what is bo- it? I don't remember it's what it's called. It's a thing. It's yeah. disgusting. They have a It's a couple. nightmare. Yeah. Let me look it up. Anything that <laughs> looks like it could walk still. <laughs> oh, okay. Like yeah. stalls um, in Thailand. There's a lot of really, really gross things that I would never eat, but they're all like balut. animal. Yeah, balut. There we go. Yeah, the balut thing. What yeah. was your first job? I worked at a golf course. I worked as a a gopher or a ball boy driving a little cart around and cleaning golf balls. What was your first pet? <laughs> a goldfish that lived uh, nine years. <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. That's a good For lifespan. Real? I had two goldfish. I had a little black one and a little golden colored one. And I hated them like after a week and I kept them in my closet. This is such a bad oh, no. story, but I kept them in my closet oh, no. because I didn't like them. <laughs> And I would feed them maybe like once or twice a week. And those two goldfish, they ended up, so one of them lived to seven years and the other one lived till nine years. And I remember it just being like, these guys won't die. Goldfish are supposed to die. That's they like knew. what they, they do. They knew you didn't and like them. I got they them. were like, oh, we're going to no. live forever. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> so it she ended doesn't up just, like us. <laughs> just being a bad experience. But yeah. Oh, no. Little goldfish. Wow. Okay. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Oh gosh. <laughs> I was such an <laughs> awkward homeschool middle schooler. I I don't even know where to start with that one. Oh, I'll just pick one then. <laughs> I always wore my hair in these two braids and I had these glasses that I thought were really cool, but they were like really, really nerdy glasses. Let's talk about music a little bit. Okay. What was the first album you ever bought? Ooh, The Reckoning by Need to Breathe. What is your earliest memory involving music? It's hard. I feel like growing up, I was always the art kid, the like drawing, painting. Oh, okay. I just took piano lessons and I hated them. And so <laughs> my earliest memories probably would be crying at a piano. My mom being be like, you have like music lessons, 30 minutes left. You have to just learn the Go song. Go practice chopsticks. Just do it. Uh, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> probably. Nice. <laughs> I feel okay. that in my Misery. soul. Misery. <laughs> Yeah. That was my earliest memory. <laughs> what was your first live concert? It was probably during an Acquire the Fire. Did you guys ever hear about Acquire the Fire? <laughs> yeah. I think it was Thousand Foot Crutch, that. as crazy as that is. I think it was oh. Thousand Foot Crutch. Yep. What's the best live concert you've been to? Mm, need to Breathe in Missoula. It was in a baseball field and it started raining. And it was so like, I don't know if intimate is the right word, like, but there weren't a ton, a ton of people there. And so them being my absolute favorite band of all time, just because of okay. memories, it was just a really cool experience. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Flight. Uh, what comes to mind when I ask you what your proudest achievement is? I would say how far I've come. I went through a lot of really dark stuff a couple years ago. Mm. 
and it almost took me down completely quite a few times. And so I think my proudest achievement is just to be where I'm at right now, to be able to say like, I made it through that. That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Okay. Uh, what would you eat for your last meal? Hmm. Pizza and nachos and all the things <laughs> I can't get here in Thailand yeah. and peanut butter and... <laughs> <laughs> Just pile it up. Uh, burgers, all the American food, can we just say? Okay. Okay, and finally, in these icebreakers, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was little, I wanted to be a cashier person. <laughs> wow. I liked so buttons great. so much that oh, my mom okay. was like, funny. You just clearly, wanted to push the buttons. Yeah, I wanted to push all the buttons, and so my mom even used oh, that funny. as a... You're going to love the piano. It's just like pushing a bunch of buttons all the time. Buttons. It's so fun. <laughs> That's so good. It's like, nice try, mom. Liar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> piano is not quite. Well, that's the end of that. Tracy Nitschke, thank you for being on our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting for us. Not only are you one of our first remote interviews ever, you are the first time we go international all the way in Thailand. We're recording at the moment I'm saying this, it's 830 p.m. in Montana here, and it is 9.30 a.m. there in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad we figured out a time to do this. Me too. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and what your family life was like? Yeah. So I grew up in Billings. I was born there. I have a older sister and a younger brother, and we were all homeschooled. And life was good. Stereotypical little suburban kids in Montana. You already mentioned you were homeschooled. Yeah. Were you homeschooled your entire life? Um, I was homeschooled my entire life. Like technically, I did do some college classes as well as I took some classes at the Career Center, as well as um, I took a after hours class at Skyview. And so essentially, the way I can explain it is I was schooled. <laughs> just, just don't ask me how. Like, just, there are a lot of sources I, of your schooling. I have a diploma. So that's right. all you need to know. <laughs> I remember just the concept that somebody would stay in the same building all day was such a weird like, wait, what? Because I was mm. moving around all the time. Every single day was like going to a co-op, going to a Let me tell you what, school. it's the worst. Yeah, it's, yeah. It it's sounds the bad. literal worst. It sounds really bad. Did it sound like stifling or like a trap to you? Not necessarily. It's hard because there's a certain sense of belonging that you get when you are part of a school. Mm. And I think I always really craved that. I wanted to be like, I go to West High or Senior High or Skyview. And it's like, I'm homeschooled, but I'm not really, I kind of belong in all these different (laughs) groups. So I'm confused and like, I'm just, I don't know. So you grew up in Billings. Nice family there. You said you have, your mom is a chemical engineer. And yeah. I know your dad's a mechanical engineer, yeah. so quite the <laughs> quite the family. Engineering family. Yeah, I think growing up, our parents definitely wanted to help us in whatever ways. That's kind of the role of a parent to sure. watch your kid become who they were made to be. But my sister and I were both very artistic, I think. And so, mm-hmm. like I had said in the very beginning, I loved art. I would be drawing all the time. I had my little, like childhood drawing notebook and I loved to paint and I took all these art classes and all that kind of stuff. My sister was the musical one. She was very um, like <laughs> wow. great at piano. She played the violin. She was like good singer whatever. And I think somewhere along the line just kind of flipped as part <laughs> yeah, of our no education. Kidding. I mean, you take piano lessons until you're 13. 
it's part of your education, mm-hmm. you know. Um, doesn't right. matter if you hate it. Sorry. It's like math. Um, and <laughs> so I think that that's kind of fascinating when you think about it, because my parents were very, very smart. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore science. Science is definitely my thing. Physics is my favorite. Chemistry is right underneath oh, that. But I think that that also probably contributed to not feeling like you fit in anywhere because... I love the nerds. I love the engineering, the science, but I also mm. love the like expression and the self like, wow, <laughs> art, you know? And so sure, it's like, yeah. I don't. I am creative. <laughs> where's my world? Yeah, exactly. Well, I didn't yeah. I didn't understand at the time that creativity was the link, to be honest. I just thought I liked way too many things. I had too many hobbies and it sucked. But I realized like everything is about just being creative. Oh, yeah. With whatever tools like science are the building blocks to being creative. You can't create yep. a structure without knowing how physics works. Or even you, you you can't create good music if you don't know how the actual sound waves are playing. Yeah, together. absolutely. Right. And there's a fascination to the world that I think I just want to play with it. I love yeah. so much of it. And it's like I want to learn about the rules so that I can play with it. I don't know. So I can break the rules. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So when did you start feeling like music was turning into a love of yours and not just an obligation? Oh, such a good story. I quit piano lessons when I was 13. Like, get me yep. out of here. I hate this. You served your term. You're ready to yep, retire. Yeah, I did my time. Sure did. Sure did. Um, and <laughs> 12 I always... years of it in Azkaban. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I just had to. What was the worst part? The dementors. Right. Um, <laughs> the dementors. <laughs> just going to keep flowing all the office quotes out here. Here we go. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> So I wanted to learn the guitar because being in, you know, middle school, that was like the cool instrument. Piano wasn't really very cool. So I started learning how to play the guitar and it was good. It was fun. It was more just like I liked the rhythm and it was cooler and whatever. But really, I think the massive connection to music came when I was actually really struggling. So I went through really like just serious bout of depression the first time I was 15 I think life was brutal and at that time I was agnostic I think is the best way of kind of saying it where I had experienced so much about God and I had experienced so much that was like I think he could be real but right now I've been so hurt by the church and I've been so hurt by people that I don't really know why that matters anymore because it just Mm, didn't seem real. And so that's kind of why I was clinging to this agnostic perspective and trying to kind of build off of that and understanding the world from that. I obviously wasn't going to God and you're in a very bad place mentally. And so I remember one day just being like, this might be the last day I think I can do this because I am beyond hope right now. And I sat down to the piano out of all things. (laughs) I sat down to the piano And I remember just for some reason, it was like a click uh, where I could just play anything that I was feeling and it all just worked together. I wasn't thinking about chords or lyrics or the way music worked together was the farthest thing from my mind. Instead, it was just pure emotion and Mm -hmm. coming out of my fingers, you know, in music form. And I remember leaving the piano that day. I left the piano being like, I feel like that just gave me so much peace. I can do the next day. Here we go. Now that I've kind of come back to the Lord or not kind of 100,000% come back (laughs) to the Lord. I view that a lot as just like God being like, yo, yo, you're not doing cool. I need to give you something for that time that like Mm. you need to survive essentially. And he just never kind of took that away. So I kind of just love that. And that's how music, I think, became more of just a... Wow. Yeah, because it, awesome. it became an expression of your heart then. Exactly. And it wasn't just trying yeah. to learn another piece to appease your piano teacher. Right. Yeah. God, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so after 
your experience of high school. Did you go to college after that? I did. I originally, when my parents had asked me, hey, you're 18, what do you want to do with your life? I wanted to buy a van and I wanted to drive <laughs> around the country and just trust <laughs> that God would take me where I wanted to go. And sounds, my parents- Sounds wow. familiar. <laughs> my parents kind of just like stared at me being like, okay, so you want to be homeless? And I was like, oh, yeah. you just don't get me. Like, you know, that whole yeah, like slamming the door. <laughs> Um, I could imagine your engineer parents being a little bothered by that. Yeah. And so so they were kind of just like, um, no. And I am so grateful for them for saying that. I hear your idea, but But it also meant, okay, now I need to like figure out what I should do. So kind of just out of respect for my parents as well as just like, fine, maybe they know best, but I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Fine. So I went to school. Um, I did my first year at MSUB, which was kind of rough. I was still kind of going through some of the dark things at the time, and it was rough because it wasn't really where I wanted to be. I wanted to be moving on and doing something exciting and adventurous, and here I was, sure, stuck yeah. in school, you know? Oh, yeah. In and the then same I, town you grew up in again. Exactly, and then, exactly. Right. And then I transferred to Bozeman, which was always the plan, and I was majoring in technology education. Essentially, what that means is I wanted to be an engineering teacher, like a high school engineering teacher, because I loved all the fun aspects of engineering, the combining science with the world and creating something even better. And I didn't really love all of the technical stuff, like the advanced thermodynamics and the Calc 5 (laughs) and the Calc, you know, like like the intense (laughs) stuff. I was like, it's just not fun. Like, why would you do that? So I also loved people. Why would you do this on purpose? Yeah, I loved people. And so I didn't want to sit behind a desk all day. Um, And so I was like, why not be a teacher? It's perfect. Hmm. At about probably midway through sophomore year, I started started having those like doubts of is this actually what I want to do I don't really know and then you always tell yourself okay junior year that's when you really figure out what you're going to do with your life or like that's when classes are really like they are right and so Mm -hmm. I was like I'll just stick to it till junior year it'll be fine um well junior year I was pretty much 100% sure this is not what I want to be doing with my life. But um, I was a junior. (laughs) Still paying for it. Like, shoot, dang, uh uh-oh. I just remember kind of having that bit of a panic attack. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to be a teacher. Summer of junior year, I wanted to drop out of college very badly. I went on a family reunion um, with my parents, and we were in the East Coast. And so we got to go to a bunch of really cool places. We went to Monticello, which is where Thomas Mm. Jefferson's (sighs) house was. Steven wants to go there so bad. Okay, as a kid, I adored Thomas Jefferson. I don't think my parents knew this, which was funny, because when I went to Monticello, (laughs) I knew, like, all of the things, because I was like, oh, my gosh, and they're like how how did you what (laughs) mostly just because he was such a tinkerer like his house is like oh yeah a inventor's house and i thought that was the coolest thing and so to be able to go there and stand in the hallway where his clock was and just like oh it was such an amazing experience and consider like where i was at i was like i hate what i'm doing with my life where am i going now here's this little inspiration of somebody that i looked up to for their ingenuity oh my gosh what am i doing with my life you know and then <laughs> then, to make it worse, we went to Kitty Hawk, which was where the Wright brothers flew oh their plane. Oh, gosh. And so I'm like, nice. I'm like sitting there and I'm looking at this airplane because, you know, they have like their little presentation. And yep. I'm yeah. trying to put all the pieces together because I'm like, I still really want to drop out. I do not want to become a teacher, but I don't know why. Like, what is it about Kitty hmm. Hawk and Monticello that's just like making my heart long for almost something more challenging or I don't know. And I realized. More adventurous. Yeah. Well, I realized what it was is I could either be part of the people telling what somebody else
else has done and teaching what somebody else has done, or I could be part of the doing myself. Right. And so I was, I was realizing I want to be part of the doing for a while. I don't just want to teach what other people have done. Right now, I want to be part of the exploring and the learning more about. You want to be the person that people are teaching about. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but not like in a self-centered <laughs> yeah, uh, way. No, no, no. But like, yeah. absolutely. That totally yeah. And so I was like, yeah. okay, that makes more sense. That's given me a little bit more like inspiration to go continue the rest of my degree, but also mm. like, oh, right. this is really hard. And so fast forward to a day before classes started my senior year, I get a call from my mom and my mom is like, hey, so I know you're really unhappy with like your major. I was doing some research. Turns out you can still graduate on time and completely switch your major over to this thing called industrial technology. I have no idea what people do with it, but you could graduate in it. And I remembered being like, okay, so I've got one day before classes start. I can't yep. really talk to, to my advisor. my entire major. Absolutely. And so I, right. I kind of took a moment. I went on a walk and then I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to do this. And so- I needed an internship, and that was something that I met with my advisor, you know, when I finally could, like three days after I had started (laughs) my pretend Mm. major. And they were like, okay, so typically people have like an internship set up by now. Any ideas? Like, we're going to have to do this like now. And we had visited this place called Salient when I was in high school, um, and it was in Bozeman. And I remember walking in there as a high schooler. It was a product design company, essentially was what it was. And we walked in and they had like this tub of water in the middle and they were like electrocuted it to like test the abilities of these electronic components that they created. And I just remember it being so like awesome. Like if this is engineering, <laughs> this is awesome. Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Sign and me so, up. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I had remembered that that company had existed. And so I thought to myself and I was like, dude, if I was going to intern anywhere, that would be a cool place to intern. And so <laughs> I ended up emailing them and got back a kind email of just like, all right, like, well, what qualifications do you have? Like, do you have the ability to do SolidWorks? Do you know Photoshop? Do you know Illustrator? I knew similar things. Like I had done GIMP. I'd done like Google right, SketchUp. Yeah. The free stuff. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. free stuff. So <laughs> I, I didn't though have those programs. And so I had to be honest and like, no, I don't, but I can learn really fast. And they they were very kind. They were just like, well, Maybe, you know, at another time, let us know. Mm. And I remember being kind of like a little bit dejected, but also like, okay, wait. I think I had called my dad and I had talked to him about the situation and he had said some one piece of advice that was just so, it stuck with me, I guess. It's like, as long as you're polite and kind, what's the worst thing that could happen if you just keep asking? Mm. If they say completely, like absolutely 100% no, leave us alone them leave like it's okay like but also sometimes people are just very very busy and it's tough to think about things and if this is something that you want that badly maybe Mm -hmm. it's worth asking again so i spent the next week crash coursing myself through solidworks photoshop and illustrator and i emailed them again and i was like hey so i'm working on this stuff i'm a master please (laughs) no it was more like i'm learning i'm taking some (laughs) tutorials right now i really want this job like please and i I had offered to do it for free um i think this was like the third email that i had sent them as far as just like (laughs) i'm learning and then it was like please i would just do it for free like please and so eventually they were like you know 
come in. Like, we'd love to just meet you. And so at that time, I thought it was a kind, like, all right, hi, please leave us alone. You know, yeah. like, we kind of a meeting. come and in so, so we can give you this restraining order. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so there was kind of like this feeling of all pressures off. I know I did not get this job. But also, I get the opportunity to go see what they do again as a young senior in college. Right. Mm-hmm. So I walked in and um, they ended up giving me the internship, which was not expected. Plus, they ended up paying me for it, too. Nice. And so I kind of left there being like, what did what? Like, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> what did I just do? I just landed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I was I was so ready for like a big rejection. And now what just happened? And so I started interning for them the end of fall semester, my senior year. And that turned into a job. So I essentially started um, working in the toy and game department, I guess, at the time. But there was only like two people working on that toy and game part of things. And Mm -hmm. with my art and engineering kind of passions that fit well. And so I did a lot of drawing and a lot of prototype making. And then when it came to my time to graduate, they ended up asking me if I wanted a job. That's awesome. That's so cool. Wow. Okay. So quite the college story, at least like a few twists and turns through college. Are you expecting it? No, I'm kidding. No. To get you where you got to, which was yeah. a toy and game designer. Yeah. What what mm-hmm. even is that like? <laughs> I don't even know where to start with oh, that. Oh, man. I will say it is so fun to talk about. It is flashy and exciting. I would say my job was very unique. <laughs> Okay. I I don't know many other people that have done something similar. Essentially, what it would be is anywhere from here is this crazy whiteboard sketch that kind of has a concept but kind of doesn't make a game from this. And I would sit down at a desk and figure out, hey, I think that this should be llama themed. Or like, I think that this would be great if the rules were just twisted a tiny bit and let's change it this way. And then I would present that to my boss where then we would discuss other possibilities and then, you know, maybe (laughs) group test it, whatever. And then those games are presented to the big name companies like Hasbro, uh, Mattel, all the different places. And then they end up picking up a game either like you know licensing it and then they put their name on it but we have created it and we get royalties from that wow that's cool yeah really fascinating i had no idea that this world existed um i got to go to the new york toy and game fair actually as an intern which was so cool um so i got to fly to new york and on a business trip, um, I got to meet the most incredible people that you've ever done. So we've done some projects for Hasbro. And so we got to go to their right. end of year party. And it's like, I'm barely 21. And so I'm like, you know, drinking wine, pretending like I belong here. And it's like, I'm meeting <laughs> multi-billion dollar, like, oh my gosh, you're the guy behind My Little Pony. Or like, you what? work on Nerf? Like, are you kidding me? I met the Lego people, which was oh my favorite. Oh. Um I met Playmobil people, like all my childhood. It was like, it was the coolest. My boss is actually really good friends with the, for with the Exploding Kittens guy. And so what uh, we got to hang out with them a little bit too. Yeah, That game is so fun. (laughs) Yeah, I met or I not, I didn't meet, but I got to see the guy who made Settlers of Catan. So he, he was like, my boss pointed him out to me. He was like, hey, do you see that guy over there? And it's like this, you know, nerd guy. And he was no. like, that's the guy who made Catan. He's like pretty much nerd culture royalty. And I was like, oh my God. wow, would not have expected that. But also, okay. And so wow. essentially, I just got to see this world that I had no idea. 
And during that toy and game fair, we would go and then we would like have meetings with all of these people and then we would pitch our Mm -hmm. ideas a lot of the prototypes that i had created so that was something i didn't mention i also do i would make prototypes so i'd be down in the shop with wood i love wood (laughs) so much um i love metal we had a 3d printer i could use and so essentially i was in charge of creating things and we had different stages of like does it act and look like does it just act like or does it just look like let's say there's a toy where it launches something when you hit this button but it's also like a frog and so it's like okay does it have to look like a frog does it also have to launch something or does it just have to launch something and the basic just demonstrating a mechanism or do you just want a cute little frog that you can show kind of how it's going to look does that make sense right yeah so essentially it was like free reign i was very grateful for just like the construction that i'd done before as a kid you know like i built this little hand elevator that i thought was super cool at the time but didn't work super great Um, and then (laughs) I had done so many other things. I think just homeschooling too helps because you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. And so a lot of those concepts transferred very well to a job where I was like, I understood simple machines so well and gear ratios and ratchets versus this versus that. And so when it comes to like creating mechanisms, it can be kind of complicated, but I used a lot of rubber bands, a lot of super glue, a lot of like spray paint. And so we would take those prototypes to the fairs. I went to another one in Chicago when I was an actual employee at the time. And yeah, they were really cool. Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a one or two-sentence review to help other people find the show. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NoPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W PeoplePod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, hashtag NoNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. And don't forget, we're doing a free sticker giveaway. Head on over to www.nonormalpeople.com. There on the homepage, you'll find a link to a Google Forms survey where you can tell us a little bit about yourself. And as a thank you, we'd love to send you a free sticker and a handwritten note in the mail. Thanks again to Tracy and Jono for letting us use their music in the episode. You can find Tracy on Instagram at tnitchkey underscore music and Jono at jonomusicfl. Let's get back to the interview with Tracy Nitschke. That's so cool. That is so cool. And you, okay, so based on our previous chat, you worked for this company for about three years. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then you wind up in Thailand. And I want to know <laughs> yes. how and why and everything about it because <laughs> that leap. What is, even is your life? What is that I leap? I know. I know. I like to take the bull by its horns and just live. You know, so Thailand is is quite the okay. So <laughs> I worked for Salient, like I'd said, those three years. And yep. when they had offered me the job right out of college, I had just delayed that dream to jump into a van and drive around the country until after college. That was mm-hmm. my concept still. It's like, I'll graduate, respect the parents, but still, you <laughs> know, you and so I was not doing well mentally at the time. Actually, I was probably at the worst I'd ever been And when they offered me the job, I even still like remember that moment of like sitting across the table and being like, this is the last thing that I had wanted. Like, sure, it was an incredibly fun environment, but it still was a desk job and it wasn't that thrill and that adventure and that excitement that I was like, I feel like I just need that for a while. And just praying, it was pretty darn clear to me 
Tracy, you are not at a spot that's ready to just go out on your own. Like, I think the best analogy was a hospital. You know how many people in hospitals think that they'd just be better if they could just get out of this hospital and be in the fresh air and everything would be just automatically fixed and it'd be so great. And the minute they disconnect from all those IVs, they just fall over and die. You know, it's like, oh, yikes. And so it's true. It's true. Bozeman was a hospital because I was surrounded with people that knew knew me and knew what was going on and my habits and stuff. And they were almost like nurses in a way. And it's like, I had to stay. I had to stay until (laughs) I got better. And there was a lot of me that felt it's kind of like stopping after running away from all your monsters and all of a sudden just having to turn around and just like take the yeah. brunt of it and so i was like oh my gosh are you kidding are you kidding like i just want to keep running it'd be so great <laughs> why and so that was the setting essentially that i accepted the job right of oh, okay this grudging okay <laughs> i'll stay here as cool as it was sure. as fun as it sounds it just it wasn't that heart behind what i had really wanted to do with my life it was everybody else's dream job you know <laughs> but it's like mm-hmm. i hate saying that this is isn't really my dream job. Like, I don't know. And so fast forward a little bit to about a year and a half working for Salient as a creative technologist. I stumbled upon $500 tickets to Ireland. And I know Ireland, not Thailand. So just brace with me here. The story is getting somewhere. (laughs) We got you. Um, (laughs) So in like one day, I'd convince my sister to come along with me because you know, there's not every day that $500 tickets to Ireland round trip right. just come across. And so I ended up taking uh, my vacation off and we spent 10 days in Ireland. And that was just like that spark I almost needed a little bit of remembering almost who I was and the person that I had wanted to be and what really gets me going and okay. where I'm at now. You know, like putting everything together, there's something about travel where it does that yeah. to you right. a little bit, you know? And I was standing, this sounds so dramatic. <laughs> Just brace yourself. <laughs> but I was standing on the cliffs of Moore and I was looking out over the world and I just had that feeling of, you know what? I've done my time. I'm good. I can go. Wow. And that feeling kind of hits different places because first of all, you're very excited. You're like, oh my gosh, I can leave this job. I can go do this excitement that I don't know what it looks like, but here we go. Yeah. And then yeah, right. you realize that because you've already started this job and there's certain people's expectations for you, you're kind of almost more locked in than you thought you had been. And so mm. I was kind of straddling those two emotions of like, yikes, I feel now I'm locked, but I also feel like I can go if I want to, but I don't have to. But now I'm like, who? It, wah! And so <laughs> that triggered that triggered the first thought of what would happen if I quit my job and I moved somewhere else. And so I started researching different places once we'd come back from Ireland. And I had looked at Thailand because I'd visited the Philippines as a kid. Um, I know it sounds like I travel all the time. I really mm. don't. I just, <laughs> you're just been to three isolating places. these little things. Yeah. So I had remembered the Philippines and just how incredible the culture was. There was something about just the way they did life. It's funny, actually. I was listening to Kayla's podcast that you guys had done a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. And just like how she talks about different cultures and what it's like to live in there. Yeah, I knew I really liked South Asia as far as the culture goes, but I'd only experienced that as like a 13-year-old. And so I kind of started brainstorming, thinking about Thailand, because why not choose a different place that you hadn't been to before? 
and it's very cheap to live here, but I chickened out essentially. So this is about a year and a half ago. I was consumed with other people's opinions. And that's something that is the theme that keeps pulling me back all the time is I'm always oh. very concerned about what other people are going to think of me. That has a huge power over my life that I have to always like fight against necessarily. But I was scared that my parents would be like, oh my gosh, you had this great job. Why would you leave that and go do something random? I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, and then yeah. I was worried right. like my bosses would be like, are you kidding? This is like the best job you'll ever get in your life. Like, what do you expect out of life? And I was worried <laughs> that, you know, friends would be also similar. Like, are you kidding? You're leaving a job as a toy and game designer. Like, are you, yeah. are you, you out of your toys? mind? Like, you make yeah, toys exactly. and you want to leave? Exactly. <laughs> and so... I ended up chickening out, to be honest. Like, I couldn't do it. I was too consumed with other people's thoughts. And so, mm -hmm. finally, I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law, actually. And I, you know how sometimes we have those things that we say that then somebody calls you on it and you realize, like, oh, my gosh. Wait, yes. what does that actually mean? Oh, like yeah. the, I had always had this saying of like, man, by the time I hit 25, if I'm still in this like Bozeman spot, somebody's just got to kick me in the pants and just say, leave the heck Get go out. because <laughs> I don't want to stay in the same place, especially as like a young person. I'm not attached to anything. And so it's like, wow. And so I had said that to her and she she does that like looking up, kind of thinking about things. She's like, so in January? <laughs> and I had realized like I was turning 25 in January and Whoa, I was no. like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> what the heck? Like it yeah. kind of just all hit me. That was so easy to say when I was 18 or when I was, you know, 20. Yep. Now I'm almost 25 and this yep. is where I'm at. And so I had that, you know, moment with myself, like who do I want to be? What are all these memories that I have? What are the things that just really give me that oomph? And I sat down and I was like, I think I just need to quit. I need to jump. Like I absolutely just need to jump because otherwise I'm not going to like it's just going to get harder and harder as time goes by. Mm -hmm. I can right. easily see how I would get stuck in the same place and 40 years down the road be like, man, that would have really been great if I would have just done something. Yeah, I never wanted to live that way. And so essentially, <laughs> I decided I picked up my plans again. And I was like, all right, I guess we're moving to Thailand. Here we go. And wow. I... I let my bosses know. I was like, hey, um, so we'd been working on kind of a big project and they weren't finished yet. And so I was going to stay around until that last game was finished. And so I had about two months of mm. like, I wanted to let them know early because I didn't want them to anticipate me being around for the next like three years as we work on these breaking games. Right. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. And so then I just started kind of like, all right, we've got this and this and this. Something that I think is probably the greatest blessing I could have ever anticipated was I didn't have any student loans um, as well as when I had gone into salient. I had this concept in the back of my mind, like this is not where I want to be forever. And so I might as well stockpile savings. And so I had no oh, loans wow. and a bunch of savings. And so that's essentially why I can do what I'm doing right now. But I, yeah, I picked up everything and I moved to Thailand, um, Chiang Mai, and that's where I am right now. Wow. So what is your life there in Thailand like right now? Are you doing anything to, to yeah. sustain yourself? Are you working anywhere while you uh, live it up? So, uh, yeah, right. Living it up with COVID. Gosh. Anyways, I... Good timing, much? Worst? Oh my gosh, I hate it. So, when I was deciding what I wanted to do, um, when I was like, you just got to jump, you got to go do something because... It's kind of how I process through things. So I had sat and made just a big list because I love lists mm -hmm. of all the things that I wanted to do with my life. And I've always had kind of this bucket list 
of dreams, but I would say I'm a dreamer and a doer, which is a dangerous combination, not gonna lie. So I had all these things, like I've always loved California. I've always loved the movie industry and more like the set design part of the movie industry. And I had like being an animator in there as well as just like all of these really kind of broad dreams and traveling around the world in the van still. So like I had all of these listed out (laughs) and I was trying to figure out where I could get the most of them done in the shortest amount of time, you know, with the cheapest option. And so, okay. So I'd been working at salient while making an album while also illustrating a book. And so I felt like I was always straddling work and the creative projects that I wanted to do. And I was burning myself to a crisp. Like I would work all day, nine to five, and then come home, take like a 15 minute nap, and then start straight into whatever else I was doing. And so after being creative all day, to then be super creative, either creating music or illustrating and stuff like that, I would do that till like, you know, 1 a.m. and then go straight back to work again. And like, it was just, it was draining me in a way that I wasn't happy with, but I still wanted to spend all that time on those projects. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to live in a different country for a while. And I also wanted to create. And so I was like, well, why not do them both at the same time? Why don't I move to Thailand and spend that time making music and illustrating and learning some more about the animation stuff and learning some more about writing, like novel writing kind of stuff. And so that's what I decided to do. And that's what I kind of decided to apply in this season of my life. I kind of came up with the split of 70-30 where it's like I want to spend 70% of my time creating and 30% exploring. I've actually done a pretty good job of that 70-30. I think at the beginning it was a lot more like um, 50-50 because it was a new place. And then now I'm like kind of settling down. Also, COVID definitely affects a lot. Now you're like 90-10 maybe with coronavirus out there. Yeah, for real. That's fair. <laughs> I go to the grocery store. Wow. It's yeah. amazing. Look at you go. All right. So you're kind of using your time in Thailand as kind of a creativity retreat. Uh, it doesn't yeah. sound like you're necessarily Sadical. working. You have enough savings and stuff to kind of sustain you through. Yeah. What, maybe coronavirus aside, what does a typical day look like for you right now? I'll typically like make some coffee. I've been mm-hmm. working through reading the Bible uh, again, cover to cover. I'd done that before in high school and that just really grown my relationship with God a lot. So typically I'll go to a coffee shop. So Chiang Mai is actually very passionate about their coffee, which is fantastic. That's awesome. And so there are so many cafes. You could go to a different cafe every single day and I feel like it would be a year later and you still would not have gone to everything. And so I'll typically go to a cafe and kind of decide what sort of a day I want to have Um, because I have so many different projects. I have mm-hmm. the ability to kind of be flexible about, am I going to work on learning today? Am I going to learn on work on writing a novel today? <laughs> am I going to work on writing some new songs? Am I going to work on recording some new songs? Should I make a video? Should I like, like all of these things? And so I find the need to kind of just sit down and almost orient my brain a little bit, figure out what am I doing? Because I can get spaghetti brained pretty easily. I then either, if I'm doing like writing, I'll probably stay in the cafe for a little bit longer and just write there. But I'll, I'll spend the majority of my day making something. So after making stuff, I typically 
will then kind of reach a point, probably around dinner time. I've made some incredible friends here, like the best. And there's always seems to be something going on, either like frisbee or music jams or a movie night or like dinner or let's go walk by the canals or, you know, like all this oh, thing. Sweet. So yeah. yeah, I'll end up hanging out with friends and then yeah, just see where the rest of the night goes and then do it all over again the next day. Yeah, right on. I'm glad you brought up your friendships there. I was curious, Mm -hmm. what was it like going to a country where you knew no one and how quickly did you settle in and create some of these relationships? I'm thinking of the emotions that happened when I first landed in Chiang Mai because you've just been off of a plane and you don't know a single soul in this foreign country. You pretty much only know hello and thank you. Um, (laughs) And... So when I got into there, I was very excited to make friends because there's something about being in a foreign country and knowing that you don't know a single soul if you were to call somebody like, yikes. I had done the work a little bit beforehand. I had contacted a church here um, while I was still in the States and just been like, hey, I love Jesus too. And I am moving to (laughs) Chiang Mai soon. I don't know anybody. Do you know people? Like I started this conversation with this, oh, fantastic girl. She's so sweet. And so I went to church that weekend. And then that's when I met everybody. There was already kind of an established friend group. I think something I've noticed about Chiang Mai is it is kind of a college town where people are just really, really friendly and very welcoming because there's a lot of transient people that come and go, especially in the missionary worlds. They're used to people coming in and then leaving, which is sad, but it also means that they're incredibly welcoming and they're used to like getting to know new people, I guess. And so right off the bat, I was like inducted into the friend group, you know, (laughs) and went on all the adventures with those people. And that's kind of how it's been since. That's so good. What has the language barrier been like? So hard. It's a challenge. I think because it is an Asian language. So I've learned French as well as then, you know, English. And I can kind of pick up on Spanish terms because of that, if that makes much sense, because it's like they have similarities. Yeah. But Asian language for me is very complicated because it's all tonal. There's like, oh, this is hard. So I pretty much just know it's like, which is like, hello. And then which is thank you. And those are the words I know. I know I can pick up on a couple things here and there like you know sorry or good or delicious or you know things like that but that's it and um, I find that people are incredibly patient as a culture Thai people are so friendly and so kind and so like that's nice that's good just nice people which is oh so wonderful right I think when you are in a culture that doesn't speak your own language you realize how much you rely on those interactions with strangers in normal life like at a cafe when you're talking to your barista like hey how was your day Mm, or at least that's like kind of things i love or the store clerk like hey where can you find like noodles you know it's like you can't do those things anymore instead it's a lot more like gestures and i don't know it just makes you realize a lot more how much you talk to strangers yeah okay we've talked about music quite a bit already i wanted to talk about some of your current projects a little bit Mm-hmm. You mentioned that your song Days was like the first thing you ever put on Spotify or very, very Actually, early okay, on. Days was the first video, me oh. playing music that I put on social media. So... Yeah, that shyness actually applied to a lot of different things. Um, When I started college, I did not want to be the music kid. I just (laughs) didn't want to be defined by, you're the one that plays music. Oh, my gosh. And so, actually, I lied to so many people because I told myself, I'm not touching that piano. I'm not touching an instrument. I'm not going to be the music kid. Like, Wow. Because I just didn't, I don't know. I was in a weird mode. I think I just 
didn't want to be put in a box, I think. Then you realize it's like, just because this is a part of me doesn't mean that it's something I need to hide. Like, right. Yeah. I, oh, and so I ended up, I think I didn't touch an instrument for like three months. And so Ooh. many people would be like, wow, you seem really, really interested in the piano. Like, do you want me to teach you sometime? And I'm like, I'm okay. That's I'm good. fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, I'm all right. then I had that moment of just like, why am I trying to pretend to everybody else that I'm something I'm not? Like, just be who I am. Like, mm-hmm. right. Literally, come on. So, but I hadn't like shared a lot of stuff on social media because it's one thing, just hide who you are versus. Yeah portray it over for the whole world yeah, to see you know broadcast it from the channels yeah, available exactly, to you yeah exactly yeah. put it on the internet forever uh-huh 100 <laughs> and so i had written this song because i obviously i love hiking and i love being out and i'd written a lot of deep dark very emotion-filled songs but mm-hmm. this was yeah. probably the lightest song that i'd ever written to mm-hmm. date and so i was like if i'm gonna share one song this will be the one because it's a lot easier to share than something that's like Life is hard. I'm know? so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I sat down and I remember recording it on my phone, like recording a video of it in, in all the drama of it. You know, you're sitting there and you're ready to push send of like, you watch I it like seven times before. You're yeah, like, like is it seven it? times. You're like, I don't know. Is this a good idea? Is this like, you know, breaking out of my shell? Is this right. not a good thing? Is this a good thing? Oh my gosh. I ended up <laughs> posting it and then like going to bed, you know, because that's great. Yeah. Great yep. method. Smart. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. Um, and then I get it. I get it. I get what you did. (laughs) Encouragement. Yeah, I think the encouragement that I received from people. I don't know why I was expecting everybody to hate it. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it was just like, wow. Okay, this is gonna be fine. This is gonna be fine. And so days does have a lot of meaning to me because I think that that was like the break of being kind of consumed with other people's thoughts about me and just being who I am. Like, yeah. come on, just, yeah, just, just do is, it. Get over it. This just, is finally breaking through that mental barrier. Yeah. <laughs> just be Tracy. Take a moment, friend. Don't you dare pretend you don't feel that too. Staring back at you. See the mountain peak Think it'd take a week To get our bodies there Ride a week sounds fair Just breathe it in Don't you see that sun? Don't you feel that breeze? Can't you hear that sound? Do you dare believe? Oh, this life is short Say, rather spend my days than waste away. That's that's so cool. I love then that it's your first collaboration remix that just came out on Spotify. That's so cool. Oh, that was such a cool moment. One of these people on Instagram ended up contacting me and they were like, Hey, is it cool if I do a remix of your song? I'm like, (laughs) Uh, yeah, of course. Sounds good. That's amazing. Yes, please. (laughs) And so he ended up sending me that and I he actually he ended up video chatting me in because he wanted to like see my response to the song because right. I think that that's something especially as like a songwriter it's really key to be able to see people's responses to the music right. that you create because there's things that you don't notice that people do that you're like okay that that was a good part that was not a good part hmm, interesting yeah. anyways and so I just I flipped out I loved it I thought it was so cool because it was like the first time hearing somebody somebody's take on a song of mine that I was like, that is so neat. Like, right. That's awesome. Stand back at you. 
take a week to get our bodies there You write a weak sounds of fear Just breathe it in Life is short, but that's just what they say Rather spend my days than waste away Tracy, this has been spectacular. I've yes. enjoyed myself so much. Uh, I feel like I've gone so long. I'm so sorry. No, no don't. Don't this, feel sorry. The show is about so you. Don't feel bad about it. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. So to wind us down, we are curious to ask what you are currently reading. So I, I'm rereading The Robe. It's like a historical fiction kind of i guess it's about the crucifixion of christ yeah i'm also i'm reading bonhoeffer have you've ever wow (laughs) yes i have oh it's so good main man dietrich yeah (laughs) i think it's a really interesting time to have been reading bonhoeffer to be honest like right at the cusp of covid because i was i was realizing just like a worldwide effect and people responding to things and how much fear can control people Right. Mm-hmm. And also just the way that socially and economically things can be affected, you know, with World War One and World War Two. And just like, I don't know, all my brain was just like, oh, my gosh, World War Three is going to happen. It's like, whoa, chill, wow. kid. Like, whoa. <laughs> but um, Calm yeah, Bonhoeffer down. is definitely, definitely been really good. Too. Oh, cool. So good. OK, then what are you listening to? Like, what's your default when you open Spotify? What do you listen to for music? Ooh, I have so many different music things i listen to i love julia michaels like i like pop stuff um i also really like random indie stuff mm-hmm. sweet need to breathe when i want to just feel stuff and remember <laughs> memories yep. to be honest nostalgia yeah. trip uh, yeah what about podcasts what do you like to listen to so i actually really love the dream big framework which is probably not that much of a surprise um it's bob goss <laughs> podcast yeah. um everything i've said probably explains a lot about you know how i view life and how I want to just do things to the fullest. And so I think yeah. the Dream Big podcast just always seems to inspire me by really cool people. And I'm like, oh, that that's, person's awesome. Like, that's so good. That's good. Again, Tracy, this has been spectacular. Thank so you so much good. for being on the show. So fun. Thank <laughs> you. I loved this. Would you read our favorite quote for the podcast to close us out? The only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. 